Happy Draft Day Eve, everyone. So, a little bit of house cleaning before we uh, get moving along here, but um, I am not going to record a podcast on Thursday because I've been doing podcasts before any of you even knew what a podcast was for ESPN, and I always think the day of the draft is almost worthless because the t- by the time most of you listen to it, all the predictions, all the nonsense won't be even relevant anymore. So I'm not going to record one tomorrow. Um, I will do my best and almost assuredly will do one every day over the weekend, though. You know, I mean, I'm on the if the draft is going on, I am on the air. So I'll probably do them the next morning as soon as possible, reacting to the picks and all that good stuff. So getting that out of the way. Furthermore, house cleaning. I have an article up this week, as I mentioned, breaking down the Steelers roster, where the holes are, where the wants the need versus the needs are, where their roster spots open for a draft pick to make the team. And that's what we're going to talk about now. But there's also one coming either later today or tomorrow, probably it's most likely tomorrow, of my predictions. You know, here's my three guys I think are most likely to be the pick at 17. And then there's a couple other league-wide ones. So check that stuff out as well. So Steelers have pick 17, 32, 49, 80, 120, and then two late seventh rounders. I think there's an extremely strong chance that they will trade back at either 17 or 32. So right now that 17, 32, 49, 80, 120, they have five, what I'm going to call real picks. You know, those two seventh rounders don't count. Five picks that you can really actually address a need. Um, I expect one of those seventh rounders to be a quarterback, which we'll get to in a minute, which does address a need, but it's, you know, not going to pay off for you or anything like that. But of those five picks, 120 and earlier, my hunch is they turn that into six real picks or, and maybe even a future pick thrown in there. But if they can trade down once, even twice, I think this, this little lesson that we're about to do here won't sound as daunting. And please, 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 please remember that this roster is very, very far from set Sunday morning. You know, there are many veteran free agents looking for work between next week and training camp. And you can find guys that are not bad players that have played a lot in this league. So you're not going to fill all these things in the draft. And there are some things like Jalen Warren that you'll get, you'll find an undrafted free agent that makes a team that nobody saw coming, you know, something like that. So don't just think that if we didn't get that linebacker in this draft or that edge guy that it's done. It's not the way the world works. So let's go position by position here a little bit. Some of them are really self-explanatory to me is they have two quarterbacks of note. Kenny's a starter. Trubisky's a backup. I don't think Trubisky gets moved. They're going to go to camp with four arms. One of them is going to be a nobody undrafted free agent. I think the other guy is likely one of those seventh round picks, which isn't much better. But quarterback is a need. I mean, not all needs are created equal. It doesn't mean you have to throw a first round pick at it, but they have to find at least one more quarterback. I do think it's interesting that you could call Mason Rudolph, maybe offer him a two-year deal. Trubisky's contract's up after this year. You could also go to Mitch and say, hey, why don't we add a a year to your deal and make you the long-term two here? We like you, you like us, you know, so I think that's a possibility. 
So a third quarterback is a need. Now it's down the lists of needs, but you need to get one. Um, running back's interesting to me in that you're going to probably keep three true running backs. Last year, they opened the, the season with three running backs and Derek Watt. I don't think Watt will be back. I don't think a true fullback will be back. I think Connor Hayward and Landon Roberts will handle those responsibilities. You know the top two backs are going to make the team. I think McFarland's in the mix. If I were able to trade down and maybe in that fifth, sixth round range where they don't currently have a pick, I'd look at a running back. I'd consider one because you know that position gets hurt. And it's a really good running back class. And I don't think the Steelers are set to really take advantage of that with their current picks. But if you get a luxury pick, and again, I'm talking like a six-round pick, you're going to get a back that's a pretty good player. So somewhere you should add somebody, you know, to either fight with McFarland or a different style that also preferably could play special teams. That's one of the things that hurts McFarland. Doesn't run down on kickoffs, doesn't help the punt team, things of that nature. I'm going to skip over wide receiver and refer to yesterday's podcast. We talked about that in depth. It would shock me now at this point. <laughs> Real quick, I mean, dra- dra- or signing Boykin and trading for Allen Robinson shouldn't change your plans on draft day that dramatically, considering what those two have done of late in the NFL. But all of a sudden, now you have six receivers that are all NFL players. I think this is bad news for Gunner. And I'm pretty set at receiver, unless something's too good to pass up. I mean, that's really all it is there. So, by the way, last year they started the season with seven wide receivers on the on the active roster. I forget exactly why that was, but that quickly went to six. Nobody keeps seven roster, seven receivers on the roster. It'll probably be six guys, and I think they have their six now. Last year, they started the season with three tight ends on the roster. Same guys as this year, Fryermuth, Gentry, Hayward. I think that could bump the four with as much double tight end sets as they played and as well as they played with two tight ends on the field the second half of the season. And the fact that Gentry and Hayward couldn't be any more different, I think you might want to add another body there. And you guys are probably tired of me hearing of me talking about it. It's an awesome tight end draft especially if you trade down and you end up with six real picks instead of five, I'd love to grab a third round tight end. That's usually a second rounder. I mean, to me, that's the luxury item I'm after. As for the offensive line, they, this is where they cut corners. Okay. They had an extra receiver and only started the season with seven offensive linemen on the active roster, which is very, very bizarre. It's almost not worth noting because that's never going to happen. They probably will most likely, and there's a little wiggle room with these numbers, you probably have nine you know, guys on the active roster. That doesn't mean all those guys are active on game day, but you probably have nine offensive linemen. I think Mason Cole, James Daniels, Isaac Salamalu, Nate Herbig, Kevin Dotson, although he could get traded, Chooks, and Dan Moore, that's seven names, are locks to make the team unless Dotson gets moved. I also think LaRaven Clark is pretty darn close to a lock. I mean, right now he's your third tackle. That's eight names. So I know a lot of people want to get a center and a left tackle. You could. I mean, again, you don't turn your nose up at good players. And there are some mid-round centers I'm interested in. But the way the roster is constructed currently, 
and then maybe there's a real good chance Dotson moves. Who knows? Uh, it's hard to get two more offensive linemen in that room on the active roster. And chances are, to me, it's going to be a tackle and not a center. So that, that's kind of the way you have to think. And if, I should have mentioned this before. Of course, injuries are going to happen. And you go into the, and there's a practice squad. So you go in with a surplus. You don't just say, I only need nine linemen. And three of them go down in camp and you had nothing. So you always want more. But when you're allocating you know, draft pick resources, you have to think about it like, I can't use a first-round pick on a tackle and a third-round pick on a center if I don't have room for them on my roster. You know what I mean? So there's that. Lastly, before we get to the defense, don't forget about specialists. They're going to keep three. Boswell's going to make the team. Long Snapper's going to make the team again. But I do think Presley Harvin versus Braden Mann, who they picked up from the Jets, we didn't talk about that, is going to be a legit 50-50 camp battle. You know, that that's not a done deal. I thought Harvin was noticeably better in his second year, adjusted to the weather much better than he did as a rookie. So that might be a, a real competition at punter, but you're only going to keep three specialists. So that leaves 50 other spots, of course. Um, I'll take a break here and we will break down the defense, which is a little harder to do. So why I think it's harder to break down the defense is some guys are half safety, half linebacker. Some guys are half corner, half safety. You know, is he an edge? Is he an inside guy? Is he a nose? Is he a the end? So I broke it down into four or five categories. I'm just saying defensive tackle. That's Isaiah Loudermilk and bigger or Liao and bigger. Edge guys, stand up dudes off the edge, Watt, Highsmith, et cetera. Linebacker, second-level players, dudes that back the defensive line, safety, and cornerback. So they usually keep six defensive tackles, we'll call them. We're lumping in noses and DNs. you got to adjust your mind to this. But the open last season was seven on the roster. I would love to see that it be seven again, you know, just to bring in waves to stay fresh. You know Cam and Ogunjobi are making the team. I'm sure Leal's roster spot is safe. So that's three automatically. That's either half or three-sevenths of your defensive line. Adams and Fajoko could both make the team as noses. Or is that a two-dog, one-bone situation, as Coach likes to say? Possibly, you know, and then depending what you get in the draft or what you do in the draft. Armand Watts, is it a Watts versus Loudermilk situation there? You got to think Watts, considering they gave him money, has the leg up. And I think this is make or break season for Loudermilk. And all of us would love to see them draft a defensive tackle of some sort high. So it's getting pretty crowded there. You know, they have a lot more answers. You know, I, I think Watts is going to be the new warmly, you know, and that's has value. He's going to play snaps. Where does that leave Loudermilk? Can you keep two noses, Adams and Fajoko, if, if you draft, you know, Keon Benton, you know, then all of a sudden it gets pretty crowded. So this is an underrated need is Watt and Highsmith are your edge starters. Boom, done. I think they extend Highsmith during camp, something along those lines. The only other guy I have any faith in is Quincy Roche. 
and they almost always keep four. So it doesn't have to happen in the draft, but it has to happen before training camp or certainly before week one. They have to find a third edge rusher. That's a need. And I think they'd find a fourth edge rusher. That's just a basically a need as well. I mean, are you just going to say Roche's the man? Uh, can't go that far. So it'd be nice to add several guys there. So that's an underrated need. And I'm not saying they have to use a first round pick, but especially if you could make those five quality picks into six or seven quality picks, that becomes a lot easier to do. And it's also a very deep and enticing edge class overall, all shapes and sizes. Steelers almost always keep four, well, they always keep four or five linebackers. A lot of that depends on special teams. You know, like if Matikavich is your fifth guy, you don't want him on defense, but he's important. So some of that's a little bit uh, hard to decipher. But Cole Holcomb is going to be a starter. I think he's going to be an every down player. I think Roberts is a placeholder, but he's making the team. You would think Mark Robinson makes a team, but he certainly could fall on his face. I mean, he's an unknown. I'm not saying Calvin Austin isn't going to make this team, but guys like Mark Robinson and Calvin Austin are still kind of unknowns. It doesn't, we all assume it's going to go well for them. It doesn't, when it comes down to final cuts, can't keep everybody, you know, so there's a chance he doesn't make the team. I mentioned Matikavich, Tanner Muse, who they signed. Is almost guaranteed a spot as the Matikavich type, although I think he has a chance to help the defense more than Matikavich did, which isn't saying much. So, yes, I think they will add a linebacker between now and camp, probably in the coming days. And I guess it would, you could call that a need, but it's getting pretty crowded there. Um, and then there's Keanu Neal. I think he's going to make the team. I'm looking at him as a much better version of Marcus Allen, who – Started his career as a safety, then got listed as linebacker, really was neither in the end, but I think he's a much better version than that. So, if you keep four linebackers and Neil, see what I'm saying? So, if we're talking safeties and we call Neil one of them, call him whatever you want. That's why some of these things get foggy. Is he a linebacker or is he a safety? We know Mink is making the team. You know KZ is making the team. I got to think Killebrew has a really strong shot as well, but if all of a sudden... You know, they just signed Boykin. If your core special teamers start to fill up pretty nicely, he's not guaranteed it, you know, and maybe Neil, you know, kicks him out of there as well. I think all of us would like them to find a true third safety, maybe with slot capabilities, Brian Branch or, you know, somebody along those lines. And then I look at Trey Norwood, who's kind of forgotten too. I mean, I think Norwood's a lot like Loudermilk, where both in their same year, you've been around long enough. Are you helping us win? Not at the moment, but we know you well. It's time for you to put up or shut up in a way. And, you know, Norwood and Loudermilk, to me, are at crucial times of their their Steeler career. Um, lastly, we'll talk corners. And I've told you this many times. I mean, those three picks in the first two rounds, I can almost promise is going to be a corner at one of them. If by chance I'm wrong, there'll be guys in the third and fourth round that you'll say, oh, you know, Rush, Trice, guys like that. Like, you'll get a corner that is a helpful member of this team. We know Wallace and Peterson, they're going to make the team. I think James Pierre is very safe as well. And I've told you over and over, it's one of my favorite under-the-radar moves because he's a great special teamer. And I think he's an underrated outside corner. You still have Witherspoon. Everyone kind of forgets about him. We kind of assumed he'd get cut. He still could. I mean, that doesn't have to happen 
right when free agency starts. But they seem to like him. I mean, he has done some good things, so he's in the mix. Um, Millette will be in the mix as well. And I think you'd like a better version of a slot corner than Millette, but he also helps on special teams as well. So last year they started the season with 10 defensive backs. You know, I would think that's probably about the same number. And at least one of them is potentially a rookie. I mean, you could draft a slot and an outside corner. You could draft Branch and an outside corner who does a lot of things. You could certainly draft a safety in an outside corner. So I thought that was just a good way of looking at it. And in a way, that's a big way of how, you know, the the Steelers do, or not the Steelers necessarily, but just NFL front offices, they kind of have a depth chart sitting there and you look at it and you're like, well, there's a gap there. There's a gap there. I know these, I don't know, we could add it up. I didn't, but there's probably 35 names I just mentioned that are going to be Pittsburgh Steelers next year, no matter what. I mean, and maybe they get hurt and they spend the year on IR, but they're going to be on the team. And maybe there's two or three that could potentially get traded. There's one or two that are could be surprise cuts. You know, they get up in age, even am nursing a knee injury for two years that we don't know about, or an undrafted cheaper guy comes along and knocks them off. And then there'll be a couple guys that are stuck there, not stuck, but are there really for special teams only. So it's how a team's built. You know, when you go into the draft, it's it's wonderful to sit there and do your mocks online that we all like to do and say, I'm gonna pick that guy, I'm gonna pick that guy. But you gotta have a spot for him too, you know. So go read the article. I appreciate all the feedback, it's very positive. Thank you very much, and happy draft day eve.